0: On three nights, on three nights, on Bismillah Welcome to the Mo Show Podcast, episode 74. We have Basma. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Your How are mic you? Mike is, wh- I didn't even see your mic before we started. There we go. There you go. Lift it up. Okay, perfect. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Before we start, I wanted to ask you a question: mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear? Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say I'm kidding. I wasn't going to be that cruel <laughs> to you, but you actually went on and answered it. Uh, yeah. Is it is it a childhood complexity uh, or? What?
1: It's just the fact that their skin falls off. I think anything that slithers and can kill you probably is something fearful of.
0: My God, <laughs> I saw an Instagram video this morning actually of an anaconda great. in in water in water. It was I think on Barstool Sports where there were two divers two police divers mm-hmm. trying to get animal control police divers trying to get the anaconda or trying to like steer it in a way just to get out of the lake because mm-hmm. there's a town nearby it was massive and what was crazier about it is that it's water and land of are course. you getting uncomfortable by this conversation <laughs> okay shall we start the show
1: <laughs> <Please>.
0: <laughs> sweat I could, see you, I could see you sweating <laughs> oh god um mashallah you've built something pretty cool um yeah I mean before Saudi started you know b- uh, picking up on events is almost like a couple events i wouldn't say one event every week i think there's a couple events every week starting from september till maybe may you had design uh design week that probably is what now almost 7 8 years old yep 9 years old 9 years old yeah. um was it um I mean, was it easy to attract people to come as footfall and for people to come and, and, and check out uh, was it I mean, was it a festival back then?
1: No, it wasn't a festival. We were we've always started with the philosophy of growing this organically, meaning that we would go with the flow, we would also see what the community needed at that time and grow with it. So we started with a conference. Then we expanded every year until we reached the festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no we didn't start with the idea of like we'll go big and people will come people came because they wanted to come and also there was a a need as you said like this didn't exist and none of the other events existed at that point so people were hungry for this knowledge people were hungry to get to a platform where they could actually talk to each other and discuss design and discuss everything to have to do with design so it was really really nice to see it come along
0: so it starts again for the ninth year Mm -hmm. or eighth year or ninth year ninth year ninth year on the 12th of jan and it runs for three days how what are you expecting to see uh come the event in a few weeks time well actually by the time this episode is published we're looking at about a week until the event is on Mm -hmm. which is perfect timing uh can you give us a little bit of information of what goers can expect to see when they are on the ground
1: sure so it's actually more than three days it's actually a full 12 days but Why was I told it's three?
0: <laughs> oh it's
1: three days because the design forum is three days. OK. God. So it's in one kind of consolidated location in three days. Uh, and then after that, becomes citywide across Riyadh in 40 different locations. We have three design destinations and then 40 plus locations participating. So this actual festival, we're celebrating the community itself in which the community built itself. So we're celebrating studios, ca- coffee shops, stores, and what they actually have in their kind of collective design innovations. in in their places in which they created, basically. So we wanted not to create, basically, one huge landmark that people come to. We wanted to go to those little places or big places and celebrate the designers there, basically.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Nationalities of those taking part, is it Saudi-specific or or more than that?
1: No, no, it's not Saudi-specific, and we get a lot of requests to participate. So we actually couple a lot of the participants with the locations in Riyadh City. And uh, they can come, we don't really discriminate against any kind of nationality or anywhere from around the world. We have uh, speakers from all over the world who are coming into the design forum and also give master classes and workshops. Mm -hmm. And then, as I mentioned, participation is across the city, mostly local, but we do have international and regional participation as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What inspired you to initially want to go down this route? Uh, (laughs) this project away from probably the more conventional route of getting a job, you know, maybe family business, uh, maybe something uh, of more conventional measures, let's say. What made you want to go off the beaten path?
1: Um, I think that's a really good question, but I think part of it is that, you know, from my background, I've always loved the idea or the obsession of telling people stories. So I first started with my sister, uh, with waste Magazine, so the written word was my first love, and then creating a platform beyond that was always inevitable. So we started creating platforms in which we could collect those stories together to like, really shine the light about the creative talent of Saudi in particular, and then connecting between East and West. So going down the event route sort of became almost an easy transition or an extension of what we were already doing, so celebrating the stories of the collective whole, and then... This is where we are,
0: and it's always been in Riyadh.
1: It's always been in Riyadh, but the, uh, I mean, the longevity of it or the long-term goal is across cities, uh, even in Saudi.
0: Be- because I mean, I, I can't help but think, what um, you know, an, an an event that you would put together would look like in the mountains of Abha, mm-hmm. or in in the desert of Al Ula, mm-hmm. uh, or in uh, in in other maybe even remote remote areas up north, Wadi Disa. There is some beautiful, beautiful areas outside of our main cities that I think uh, something that you could put together would be extremely incredible.
1: I think if I had the opportunity to do that, definitely something that I would love to showcase because I think you can celebrate design as a nation, not necessarily as a city. And once we are ready with the structure that we're happy with, we'll definitely do it across cities at the same time. So it's really an epic celebration of design.
0: The art scene in Saudi or the creative scene has blew up in the last five Mm -hmm. years here. Is it just me or I mean with Nur al-Riyadh happening with uh 2139, is it? Yes. Did I get it right?
1: Yep. Yes. And Binali. <laughs>
0: and Bin Ali that's coming up in uh in, in the Hajj terminal. They they mm-hmm. took over that to be the Islamic Bin Ali, which is gonna run for three months. The art scene, which was let's say, hidden, you know, mm-hmm. there there were there were a lot of gems, but nothing of the level of activations that we're seeing today. Um it must be something that you really enjoy seeing, just how much the art scene has taken off in the country.
1: Yeah, I mean, art scene has been having a huge moment, not even mo- moments, let's mm-hmm. say. But I think the distinction between art and design is quite critical because although I'm like super happy for the art world, I think part of it is leaven- leveling up the design world to be as hyped up as the art world, uh, which we're not there yet. But you know, we're playing a small part in actually elevating the conversation on design. And getting as many events discussing design as possible, as much as art. So I think that's very important to look at as well. And people's appreciation of the difference between design and art is also very, very critical at this point. To
0: distinguish the, mm-hmm. the difference between the two. Yeah. yeah. A novice like me would would need <laughs> more clarity on it. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, I know art, but like, uh, the any. To, to, to call design art or art design must be like criminal to those in either venture.
1: <laughs> not uh. really. But I think, you know, maybe to put it simply, art is there to provoke an emotion. Really. It doesn't necessarily...
0: I like that. I've never heard it put like that
1: before. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily makes you act or do something. It asks a question. And you have an emotional response to art. Whether you hate it, you like it, you love it, you, you're trying to get what the artist is trying to tell you. Design is very function-based. So when you're talking about design, yes, you can have very collectible design. You can have design that costs as much as an art piece. But design, at the end of the day, serves a particular function, whether it's a chair or a bench or a public realm. or actually, So when you're talking about design installations, they're actually design interventions because they're actually serving a purpose in the space or the time that they're... So this mug is a design kind of piece because it serves a function in which you do it. Uh, so that distinguish is is very important to kind of look at the difference between both and then now right now especially because we're so multi-hyphenated it gets even trickier as you go along because even as positioning for a designer itself a lot of them are re- reverting from designer to artist because they can position themselves on a higher price category if they're an artist not a designer and so forth and so forth is that so <laughs> not everyone but it does get it does become blurred lines but i do like the distinction between art and design in that sense just to help cultivate the scene even more because you need to create that pl- platform where you know you have architects and industrial designers and product designers and graphic designers and ux designers and these you need a world for these people to converse together
0: and just the art collection game or art collection industry is is a force to be reckoned with yeah it's uh it's actually it's become a business more than anything
1: it's always been a business i think without it i mean you always have the starving artists right you have artists who have never been exhibited in galleries but they still are artists so yes there is a commercial element to any of that even in design obviously design has even more apparent commercial element to it than art Uh, but art is at the end of the day point you have to sell mm-hmm.
0: um just if we can take a step back and talk mm-hmm. about your your uh, background upbringing um when you told me which university you went to uh, my eyes popped up like that <laughs> out of how impressed <laughs> i am uh it, it, c- can we go back a step and talk mm-hmm. a little about your up- upbringing years
1: yeah sure Uh, If you don't mind. No, I don't mind at all. Um, I think, to be honest, looking back, and I I remember discussing this uh, with a close friend of mine and discussing, you know, upbringing. I've never felt pressured to be one way or another. And this is hats off to my parents who have really kind of raised me in my own little bubble to explore the world. And I'm a middle child. So middle child syndrome that lived inside a book and just took life by myself. I was never really pressured to be anything. I was really a nerd. <laughs> I loved everything to do with, you know, structure and world and sciences, et cetera. And I really wanted growing up to look at how I could be part of saving the world and saving the universe and doing my part. Um, and that I think I I think as as much as I can remember, even as like five years old or even younger, I remember my grandfather you know, bringing us all around and you know, making these paper cups to put popcorn or like little snacks for us to sit around and him telling us stories. So that kind of storytelling persona really kind of resonated from my grandfather and great-grandfathers all the way to us. So it was sort of inevitable that I got bitten by the bug <laughs> down the line and reverted to being part of the storytelling narratives of the family
0: it's a creative family i mean judging by what i'm hearing yeah apple didn't fall far <laughs> from the tree
1: i think so so yeah.
0: schooling was in riyadh starting off
1: yes so i finished my house code in riyadh and then i went to aub for three years um, and did my bachelor's in biology then did my master's in oxford university in immunology and then started my phd in edinburgh university hold up
0: <laughs> hold up while i google go. <laughs> immunology.
1: <laughs>
0: this is where you tell me. This is um, the
1: science of your immune system, and, and and it was sort of a a combination between uh, you know clinical immunology, which is actually creating uh, clinical trials and working on research, and my focus was on cancer research and oncology. Uh, so I was in that world for a little bit, and then went into public health policy and studying that, and then I came back home. <laughs> And went into the creative field, so it's it was
0: quite a like a, a sharp left turn to go from that to to the creative field, wasn't it?
1: It is, it is. I think I mean I started in a research lab in in Riyadh back home, and I on my free time started working with my mom and my sister on creating, you know, an editorial platform that was supposed to be a digital platform. Then it became Oasis Magazine. So we started actually publishing the first or one of the first English magazine from Saudi Arabia that's focused on cultural and lifestyle and focusing on the talents of Saudi Arabia in particular and that kind of snowballed from there and mm. then I never looked back.
0: We talk about going back to design and art. We talk mm. about it, how it, uh, it really does bring people together. It's an attraction. Uh, I always thought that, you know, when someone goes to a new city, one of the first questions they would ask the concierge, or now, obviously, Google is, we look for museums, you know, where is, the, where is the, you know, the most famous museum in this town, so we can go check out uh, stuff that are kept there, artifacts and pieces and all that. Uh, in terms of its importance in society and culture, mm-hmm. what role does design, would you say, play in, like, bringing people together as far as, like, communities and tourist attractions, etc.? Like, how does it end up doing that if it does?
1: I think it's it's a huge part, it's not even small, because although it's transparent, design is in literally everything. It's not just about, let's say, the branding or the logo of the country or the way that you experience how you go from booking your ticket to Saudi Arabia to everything and anything you touch. It's every touch point that you have, some sort of design is actually part of that journey. And even if you push further, so if you look at Vision 2030 and if you look at quality of life in particular, if you look at the index worldwide, design is such a big part of the index in which you measure any city across the world. And actually to discount its effect, not only on like your day-to-day life, so how citizens of a specific city actually interact, whether it's public realm, whether it's the actual architecture, whether it's landscape, whatever it is that you're touching design was part of that story. So I think you can't discount its importance. And the nice thing is that design is actually invisible. <laughs> and that's good design.
0: And how would like artists know uh, what pieces to make or like what piece or, or what artists they should collaborate with, for example, mm-hmm. so that they can make an impact within those communities?
1: I mean, I mean, in the design world itself, you have so many verticals. So as you mentioned, there's the architect, you have the industrial designer, you have the UX designer, you have the graphic designers, you have the material designers. <laughs> and now more than ever, they're all multi-hyphenated. So you're not just a material designer and, or not just a fashion designer. So collaboration is inevitable. And I think part of it is that for you to go the extra mile for your brand to be even more special, you do have to integrate a lot more thought process than people assumed
0: And is it something that you see growth year on year over here? Like if you were to compute like the volume or the number of artists or the number of designers, let's say, that take place uh, year on year, are you seeing the figures rise?
1: I mean, I don't have the specific statistics. Uh, Offhand? Offhand. Definitely, 100%. And I think part of it is that one of the best, parts of actually creating South design festival and previously Saudi design week is honestly it feels like a homecoming every time we come together because you see the community actually grow and grow and grow and you see actually the effects because for me personally success within the design world is not only the appreciation of people who are already in the creative scene is actually the appreciation of your regular joe who's off the street who starts noticing the difference or who it's like oh you know what they're coming back next year I, I should come and visit or i should come and attend the talk because we don't want it to feel this is our world and you can't say have a part in it. This is part of our collective universe that you need to integrate and you know all the touch points are fair game. You have an opinion, you have a, a say about what it is and what it's not and I think that's th- the moment these people start appreciating the difference, the moment is where success happens.
0: I was actually gonna ask you about demographics um, or social classes, people mm-hmm. that are coming through. Is it, um, would you say, specific or are you getting uh, pretty much people on th- on a 360 degree basis
1: I would say 360 and we're really pushing for even you know kids young kids and uh, you know high school as well as university to really be involved as much as possible and the nice thing is that i think we have like the inverse demof- demographic happening where we have actually more females attending in the design world because it's usually male dominated um, which is great to see but i think honestly 50 50 across the board you see a lot of different things and the greatest thing about the festival this year is that everything is free (laughs) i think 95 percent of the entire event across the city is free you just need to register and you you know you can have your pick of whatever you want to see or do
0: there's no excuse not to come at this point
1: (laughs) exactly peer pressure
0: (laughs) what would you say the most pressing sustainability challenges are that you're facing and how would you go about best addressing them?
1: Well, I think in the design world in particular, design, like sustainability in design is such a hot topic, I think, across the board. But sustainability means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think simply put, if you design a great product, it is already sustainable in its own right because you're building it to last. And that in its own right is a sustainable factor. But sustainability has to be a thought process, whether you start from sketching the product all the way to production and shipping it. There are sustainable elements that you have to ki- kind of keep into consideration from the material, from the, like, how much amount of waste you're producing to your carbon footprint, to the packaging and everything in between. So even just addressing one of these is enough to move that needle forward in terms of sustainability.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy what you do?
1: I do. How much <laughs> Maybe <longer> too much. <laughs> That's a good thing.
0: Jews <laughs> laughing. Um, h- how much longer do you see yourself uh, being a part of uh, of this all?
1: As long as I'm needed, as long as I think, I mean, the purpose in which we started this whole thing, and as long as it is still something that the community needs, I'll still be part of it.
0: The old saying you know, do what you love and you'll never feel like you work a day in your life. Would you say that applies to you?
1: To a certain extent, yes. I mean, everything is work.
0: <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting deep now.
1: <laughs> everything is work. I mean, there is so many things that you have to counter for and to, you know, answer to. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I don't think that's true in anything. But I think you ignore the hardships if you really believe in the cause.
0: I like that. Ignore the hardships if you believe in the cause I was at the uh, Red Sea Film Festival mm. and I know Mohammed Turki believes in the cause because it's a passion of him film mm. and uh, and movies um, but my god did he have his work cut out for him going from one place to another like 50-60 people part of his team uh, did it look like work for them with you know how high profile that event was yes <laughs> But because of his love for what he does Mm -hmm. with movies and how he's so good at, you know, hosting, bringing people together, all the people he knows, his network, as stressful as it was. And a couple of times I pulled him over. I'm like, you need to sit down for a second. he's like, oh, I am so tired, but I love it. You know, so it's almost like, you know, yes, when you can make work feel like play Mm -hmm. um, and it's exhausting, but you'll get up and do it all over again the next day. Uh, It's probably something you also feel.
1: I think so and I think I'm honestly credit to my team and because I don't do this in a vacuum Mm. uh, and without them and without their, you know, also love for the cause and love for the event itself and all the other platforms that we're a part of, I wouldn't have survived. I I don't think you see how hard it is behind the scenes and I think very little people understand how hard it is to actually put this together. I don't think there's an event I didn't actually cry in somewhere Come along on. the line. Really? <laughs> yes. So it's it's okay. Like uh, at the end of the day, like I wouldn't do it again if there wasn't there is a why that I'm doing this. And there's for somebody that I'm doing this. And as long as I'm serving a cause and as long as I'm actually helping someone at least elevate their game or able to tell their story, then I've done my job
0: speaking of storytelling something you touched on in the beginning Mm. you used to really you know you used to be a reader or you probably still are a reader Mm. and it's something that's a big part of your life how would you say that storytelling what kind of role did it play in your professional life as far as like development is concerned
1: i mean honestly obsession is a very small world (laughs) word that i have for storytelling because i love the written word. i love it because it helps me kind of escape my brain sometimes it helps me kind of make sense of the world and it also kind of expands your universe doesn't it and having that world or that alternative universe where storytelling is a big part of who i am helped me actually establish almost my voice in helping others establish their storytelling and i think part of it is that if you guys ascribe to simon sinek's the why even in so terms of the book yeah the yeah. Book. Yeah, I'm, yeah and also his i mean everything his course etc. start with why yeah start with the why is that even if you look at and i think everybody looks at my cv and is like what happened <laughs> it's it's actually <laughs> relevant because my why was telling a story whether it was in sciences whether it became a magazine editorial or events i continued telling stories what those stories were just different from time to time and that was uh, you know A a huge part of my personality And a huge part of Why I'm doing what I'm doing
0: Simon Sinek is a top man Honestly I know
1: I want him to come His (laughs) his
0: charisma Is through the roof And and he's done He's done shows in Dubai Abu Dhabi Yeah Uh, I'll give him a call for you I'll see if I can Please Please
1: put a good word (laughs) Tell him I'm looking for a best friend (laughs)
0: He's. (laughs) Hey listen I'll try to I'll do it in a way Where it's two things Two birds with one stone He comes to your event And he comes on my podcast Deal. Deal My God (laughs) What a dream guest yeah. Is it just reading, or do you have you ever done also a bit of writing?
1: I did. I have actually a minor in creative writing, but uh, I write for myself, which I don't know if it's helpful. But I do write. Or I used to write. Now I censor a lot of myself. But in terms of like reading, I love. I think I'm obsessed with writers who just know how to create a character and develop that character. So I'm transported in that world. Um, but yeah, both I would say is is a passion.
0: You you could you could almost one day or maybe you know in the place you are right now pivot and maybe get into screenwriting
1: <laughs> i wouldn't right? push it that far something there <laughs>
0: i mean why maybe,
1: not? maybe why not
0: why not yeah could be <laughs> science mohammed is a good friend of mine i'll, 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 I'll send him, him a message bring him
1: to the event <laughs> bring him then I'll, we'll talk. I'll drop him a line <laughs> i
0: will um because it's not too far distant from what you're doing and what you enjoy doing right now yeah uh building characters mm-hmm. um I don't know if writing script is, but you know characters and writing screenwriting there is there's certainly something
1: there. always willing to learn why not
0: favorite uh, brilliant brilliant uh quote. <laughs> favorite um movie of all time
1: i don't know I don't watch that much t v you don't not even shows? <laughs> not really
0: I thought you're into the cinema and not really no
1: <laughs> not really i no. honestly i think at some point we once you compare books to like like for me books are more gravitating
0: so what would your perfect day look like where would you wake up
1: at a beach somewhere with no people around me <laughs>
0: are you an introvert
1: i am which is kind of funny because i actually went into sciences not to deal with people and now every day <laughs> every half hour i deal with somebody new
0: <laughs> so waking up on a beach somewhere with no people mm-hmm. what do you have around you
1: no jellyfish hopefully just like a crystal clear sea would be great a turtle with some lemonade Mm -hmm. perfect
0: uh books in hand
1: books always
0: fiction non-fiction
1: uh Mm non-fiction non-fiction what's for lunch what's for lunch sushi (laughs) probably
0: (laughs) And and you can do that days on end, huh?
1: I can I can live and by the sea and nobody bothering me for like years.
0: It's something about it, huh? Feet in the sand, grounding. Just it really is
1: very grounding, and it also reminds you how small you are in the universe, which is great. And how little we, we
0: yeah, so sorry. Uh, and you how know. little we matter.
1: It is very because like sometimes when you're in the moment and everything is bothering you, when you step back and you remember you're you are insignificant in the universe, it's actually very comforting to know.
0: What is it? You know, we, we we were we were born and lived and died in the span of 100 years. And 100 years from now, no one will even know of our existence. It's like quite <laughs> dark and depressing. But um, in the spectrum of the universe, like we, you know, we contributed we're to... Spe- we're a blip, we if that. Blip. Yeah. Uh, which should actually change a lot about how people, uh, you know, what they think of themselves in terms of of, of ego and... Mm-hmm um and me first you know like there's a lot we can learn from how little we matter in the grand scheme of things yeah very true basma how do you feel that by you sharing your story and 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 putting some pen to paper how would that in turn encourage other people to do the same to bring out their creative side if at all it will
1: I think the fact that I don't come from the same background and actually have a very open mind about trying and failing is something that I hope people take away from me. Because oftentimes we're so worried about failing or even to try Mm. because there's a failure aspect there that, oh, you know, I have to save face or I don't want to do this and waste my time. Waste your time. (laughs) It's fine. You know, like trying and try a hundred times and, it you know fail ninety nine percent of the time and you know have one of the successes is worth your time if you're really passionate about it so i'm I'm very open and I'm very much of an open book and I think at least by telling the story I want others to tell theirs and allow others to tell theirs so it's sort of a full cycle to help each other in this sort of universe yeah.
0: and have people come up to you and and, and, and asked you for advice on on storytelling or how do you go about it or the do's and don'ts of its approach
1: um not particularly about storytelling i think it depends where i was in what phase in my life Mm. i was doing what i was doing but often i get a lot of questions or advice on their career or how to move forward and know I'm happy to apply if, if that's something I can help with or if, if my knowledge is enough for them or if, I, if not I connect them to the right people to get the right advice or the right placement but uh, oftentimes I really like people to kind of get off that box that a lot of times you'd like to compartmentalize and essentially some of the best advice comes from the most random people in your universe so try to get out of your circle try to ask and expand and if you don't ask you never get what you want that's you know? true
0: uh, for those fortunate enough to have the means and time to travel, it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about like London or Paris. No, no, I mean some of the best lessons you can learn from life is going to some third world countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't yet, but, but India is a place where I know a lot of people who went and they said you need to go see how what life is like over there mm-hmm. um, to see that uh, not everyone... Uh, live similar to to how we live uh over here south america mm-hmm. uh africa you know a, a lot of circumstances of seeing how the underprivileged, how the underprivileged live uh to to appreciate what you have in in life and that really just kind of opens your your eye and m- makes you a little bit more understanding you know on just how to be a little bit more grateful which is i think something that's lacking in the world right now mm-hmm. Being grateful. What is the most valuable failure that you have ever experienced? Favorite failures. <laughs> and when I say that, and I'll give you a second to think about yeah. it. Um, when I say most valuable or favorite, it means that it helped you pivot because a door got shut in your face, but it opened up another door. And if it wasn't for that door that got shut in your face, you would have not have been introduced to the door that opened. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, There's a lot of failures to be honest. And a lot of them I wouldn't change because it taught me something at that moment. I think one of the biggest is a failure to myself because I got so stressed that physically I became ill. (laughs) And then I started learning boundaries. And learning to kind of do what I'm most passionate about because at some point when you're younger you do everything and anything to just try to get a foot in the door and that actually has some catastrophic consequences if you kind of take on more than what you should be doing basically the second part is that I don't think I mean failures that have cost us millions because like we call them big oopsies So we just (laughs) move on, learn to move on from something that that was hurtful, but still learn to make adjustments otherwise. Um, But other than that, honestly, I don't think anything that stands out to me personally. Um, Learning to cope and not being reactive in the moment is something that I've learned with time.
0: Nice, interesting.
1: Being grateful and redirection is something that I've really learned to appreciate.
0: Redirection in terms of redirecting your energy?
1: No, redirection as in like, I think everybody sometimes gets fixated on like, this is the goal and this is how I'm going to reach this goal. And often the universe is trying to tell you this wasn't actually meant for you. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the right direction for you. So I think you have to listen. Both your gut, to your intuition, to what the universe is trying to tell you, and that redirection in itself is a blessing. So sometimes, even though you think that this thing was meant for you and you were supposed to do it, it's yeah, not it's actually not. was not destined for you.
0: Yeah, and once you have that wherewithal and, and acknowledgement that, and maybe a little less stubborn, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, we laugh because we see it in ourselves, that no pivot, you know, give it a second and and approach it from a different angle, and mm-hmm. don't force it. Don't force it if it's not there. Um, but there is, I mean, there, there is a thin line between uh, go after it is whatever you want until you get it and don't force it. Like you kind of have to read between the lines sure. between what's for you and, and not for you.
1: And also do, don't forget the definition of insanity. <laughs> it's really over doing You're going to expecting the same result. Yeah. It's just, it is really something fundamental yeah. that, you know, sometimes you are so stubborn about something that you get blindsided that, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it working? True. But at the same time, as to your point about stubbornness, like I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't stubborn that I wanted this to happen. Yeah. Um, and I believe that it should have happened. But honestly, I think I wasn't just the moving factor. There were so many people being part of that journey that actually made it happen with me or for me or for the collective.
0: Fascinating. Hmm. Um The definition of insanity, do, Mm. how does it go? Um, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yes, my boy, Albie. Um, (laughs) A human behavior that annoys you the most.
1: Uh, A human behavior that annoys me the most, I would say uh, being two-faced or lying.
0: I was going to (laughs) say, me too. Fakeness, mujamala.
1: Not even Mujama, I think, you know, when you're willing to stop someone in the back or like if you're willing to push somebody under the bus just to get ahead, that really irks me.
0: I love the saying that you can never look better by making someone else look worse. Mm. Ever. And, and you know, I see it a lot when people talk about their competition. Mm. It's a very ugly trait. Mm. Yeah, these guys don't know what they're doing. Come look at how well we do it. You will never make someone else... You will never look better on making someone else look worse. It's a fact of life. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why... I mean, there's a lot of truth behind if you have nothing positive to say, say nothing. Mm-hmm. That's really a that's great right. way for people to carry themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, a human behavior that makes you happy.
1: I'd say collaboration is something that I really... Uh, love seeing And I Have a lot of Sort of uh, I put a lot On like loyalty And like being true To yourself mm. as, a, as a factor That I love seeing people But Yeah Being true to oneself
0: Yeah Huge mm. Something that you miss From your childhood days mm. A lot huh A lot <laughs> Me too
1: Me too I honestly don't think I miss anything in particular I just miss people That we've lost too early from that kind of perspective um other than that i think every part of your life of every phase of your life has its up and down so i don't latch on to the past in that sense
0: you know whenever i'm asked that question i always think of the the no responsibilities i had Mm. and how i was just never in my head Mm -hmm. and how i never knew what the meaning of stress or anxieties were back then because you just you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. but i never stopped to think about yeah the people that we lost uh, i lost my best friend at the age of 19 20 mm. and and it's quite selfish of me because looking back when i'm ever asked that question i i it to my make it about myself mm. and i don't take a second to think about those who you, who were with us uh and it just became uh, extra deep. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> something that you have done recently that has improved your life a lot? Uh,
1: if I'm w- truthful, therapy. Mm. And also the practice of being grateful. I think, you know, with age, <laughs> with wisdom, or whatever it is that we go through through life, um, taking a moment to try to understand what any situation is trying to teach you is very useful. For me personally and i learned a lot uh this year i mean i've been away for not living in riyadh for 13 years and being back has given me a very different perspective on life and how i deal with certain things so therapy being grateful trying to learn trying to give back have been some things that i'm super grateful for
0: um I love it how people can feel so comfortable talking about therapy these days. Mm. I love how it's normalized. Yeah. Normalized to speak about getting help. It used to be normalized to speak about not getting help. Yeah. If you're getting help, you don't tell anyone. True. But now you just felt so comfortable. And and, and I will underline what you just said because I, I, I want to celebrate that point. It is not taboo. It is, if anything, it's taboo to not get help if you need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, uh, I love how, how, how normalized it is and... How comfortable you were in, in saying it. And hey, um, I, I get my therapy once a week. That's great. Uh, <laughs> albeit on Zoom, but I, I feel that it's made me into a better person. Uh, I'll have to double check with my wife, <laughs> but but I, I feel it. So watch this space. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no. Therapy, honestly, I think, as you said, it's been normalized and honestly, still not talked about enough no. between people. No.
0: Regionally, in yeah, the Yeah,
1: and people think, oh, but you're normal. But I was like, that defies the point. Like, you don't actually see a lot of behind the scenes. And even if I'm normal, even normal people need therapy. You need to talk to somebody who is unbiased, who can actually tell you where you're going wrong. You don't need to reach breaking point to actually get help. It's, Absolutely. It's just a kind of. I a think
0: the, the people that we're even closest to, we only see the top 10%. The high buy people, we see the top 1%.
1: True. And social media is not real life. No, no, no. It's so it's just, I think a lot of people need to be able to be true to themselves and also be able to, we're works in progress. That's nature of humanity, right? If you stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Social media is, is a collection of your highlights. S- yeah. status symbol.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: As uh, my cousin Hassan said, Hassan al the the rower said, uh, it's a tool for comparison. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a tool for comparison, um, be it people who want to see who's the most popular in in what or wanting to compare yourself against person a b and the quickest way to be unhappy with yourself is to compare yourself against someone else but social media does very little to to extinguish that cause that you should not compare yourself to others and i'm guilty of it Mm -hmm. there are days where i'm like you know what how does that person like have this much views on that episode (laughs) and my (laughs) yeah it's crazy so um we start on january 12th mm-hmm. thank you for asking me to to be a part i'm actually gonna hold a few emceeing sessions super yes. excited about we're it super excited for you to be there i am um, look all i did was start this podcast and now i'm getting opportunities like from design week it's no. not design week design festival design festival It used to be a week
1: because you came on board we are a festival now, so um. <laughs> we're fancy <laughs>
0: And just starting the, the podcast has opened the door to have, you know, you people say, Mo, come join us. And that's just the biggest honor, honestly. Thank like, you so much. I'm super excited to be a part of it this year. Um, three days on the ground, but you tell me that it's going to be running for 10, 10 days it's or It's going to so? be
1: 12 days in total. So okay. we'll have three days uh, hosted uh, in partnership with the Architecture and Design Commissioner from the Ministry of Culture. So we're going to be there for three days in Misk City. And then we are going to be all over real city amazing so explore and enjoy and Fasci- have fun
0: fascinates me Riyadh how much yeah. it has grown first time i went was in 2010 truth be told wow. 2010 was the first time i had to apply for an american visa because it was packed in jeddah <laughs> and the city like only got to point x and it was like 15 minutes away from the airport and now the city's all the way to the airport True. in the last decade like I've never seen anything like it. That's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. You really feel the metropolis in it. Um, and, you know, that's probably why all my friends moved there. You're so, going to move there um, too, Mom. Um, We're well, just waiting. It. <laughs> you except just have
1: to accept it. the truth. <laughs> we'll have at an apartments. office next door. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. That way you'll always be with us. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, I'd be the first, and I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me, that leadership plays a big role in the doors that have opened for all the scenes not just the creative scene what role would you say leadership played in in your industry being the creative and culture scene
1: i mean it's a huge part as as i said like we're one player of multitude of players that make this happen so first and foremost i mean without smooth ady amir mohammed bin salman's vision to open up the kingdom and open up and create opportunities on every level this wouldn't have happened and also You know, a special, special thanks to Prince Badr, uh, Minister of Culture, as well as his Vice Minister uh, Hamid Fayez, His Excellency Hamid Fayez, as well as Dr. Asumiyah, who is the CEO of the Architecture and Design Commission, who have played all integral roles, to be honest, for us in particular and for multiple players um, around the creative scene, to to enable them, to foster them, to grow them, to expand their vision and mission and goals, uh, to be able to do what we do. And without their support and many, many others uh, that, you know, there isn't enough time in the world to even give enough gratitude for them, not only to believe in some crazy 20 year old, some dream of creating something crazy and just knocking on everyone's door to make it happen when there was no vision for this to make it happen and for people to cultivate and say, no, help, push, open the door, lobby on their behalf to where we are right now, it wouldn't have happened without both the leadership and also grassroots movements. So you have people like Adlal, uh, led by Princess Noura al-Sarud, and Al-Mashtal, also led by Princess Noura as well as uh, Alaa. Uh, you have you know, cultural movers such as Ithra, Hayjameed, uh, Misk Foundation. Those all play a huge role in actually making the scene dynamic, prosperous, helping others grow and move and motivate and opening doors. This all has to come together, and without them, you know, we would be nowhere.
0: It's funny, I just realized that the three entities you mentioned are in the three major cities. Yeah. (laughs) Hayy in Jeddah, Misk Riyadh-centric, and Ithraz in Shargiyah. You know, um, the the, the more events I go to, like, Mm -hmm. I remember uh, Desert X. Yep. uh, Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not from the art world, but with what's happening on the ground here, I'm becoming part of that world. Yeah. 30 art installations in Al-Ula. Like, I did not know where to look. There was just so much action, so much to appreciate. Um, And, you you can tell that it's such a huge part of Vision 2030. Creative scene is a huge pillar under Ministry of Culture, which Mm -hmm. is a huge movement under Vision 2030. Is it because it, it just brings people together, is that the idea?
1: It does, and I think it talks to, about soft power and how culture can actually you know, be exported almost. You, you have, let me put, maybe draw a parallel between uh, Korea and Korean culture, and you mm. have K-pop, you have K-beauty, that people can gravitate, and it's easy to kind of digest and also understand the connecting points. Design and art and everything in between actually really helps cultivate these points of contact. And speaking of Desert X, you know we've been very, very lucky to work with the Royal Commission for Al Ula recently, and we work with them on their design strategy, as well as Al Ula Design Awards, which are coming up and will be announced. The second edition in the festival itself, but the, for them, for these leaders, for the CEOs who are behind this, to, who are putting, you know, their power, their influence, and even budgets to help expand that influence of the design world and both the art and design world, is a huge huge testament of the power that this has from the creative cultural point of view and th- its influence on the country as well as abroad.
0: Yeah, it travels. Mm-hmm. Speaking of South Korea, have you seen Squid Game?
1: Yes, it's very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gives nightmares, doesn't it? Or it's just me? <laughs> Forgetting that you're not one for the movies no. and TV shows. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, they're killing people. At the end of the day, why? <laughs> yeah, well, let's,
0: let's talk about books. Uh, yes, the Psychology books. of Money is the one that I'm currently audio booking. Okay. I have ADD, so I listen to it on my commutes. Psychology of Money is a very good one that I'm enjoying. I would highly recommend it. That's amazing. Um, Local designers. Earlier, we we touched on how there's like a dime a dozen, and the space is just taking off. Mm -hmm. Do you, God, now you're going to be like, no, Mo, don't put me on the spot. But (laughs) any any uh, couple favorite designers who you like are just you you tend to gravitate towards their work.
1: Yeah, and I think. I mean, it's very hard to have one particular designer that I love. uh, But I think I actually am fascinated by people, not for what they are in surface value. So I have a couple of favorites that maybe off the tongue. I have BrickLab, who's based in Jeddah. Al-Bara'a, Simon Dahar, who has Dahar Studio here. Uh, You have uh, Shahad, the founder of Abadia. Um, You have multiples of them that in in their truth on like that's their architect or the fashion designer etc but actually what i love about them in particular is their obsession or desire to research the materials to actually experiment and that's the fun part of design and actually pushing the needle forward is the experimentation behind the scenes of what happens uh that maybe most consumers don't actually notice mm. but it, it makes a huge difference
0: and um you have um Adbut- and 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 when it comes to Anbuku, which is which is which is your baby, mm-hmm. um, what like plans do you have going forward in the future for it? Uh, what role do you see it playing in the design world and the culture landscape?
1: I mean, what I love about the company Anbuku is is basically not only is it our brainchild, but it actually came out of our love for, again, storytelling and sharing the narratives, but actually helping clients and this kind of around to tell their story to their target audience. Often, uh, more than not, is that you miss the point. Sometimes you just wanna do another event or do something or that, any touch point. But at the same time, we come there to kind of push your boundaries a little bit, to tell you, okay, is this the best way of doing it? And creating that strategy and implementation strategy to tell and to gravitate and grow your audience further. So it's very exciting because I get to do what I love even more with other clients who start sharing the passion that we do.
0: Interesting stuff. Yeah. So you fly back to the art tonight? I do. Did you really fly in for me? Yes. That is just, <laughs> I, you know what, so grateful for Honestly,
1: that. Honestly, it's one of our favorite podcasts, so we wanted to make it happen, and we're so <coughs> grateful that you- guys You guys are gonna make
0: me cry. <laughs> I'm a <That> crier. <laughs> that means a lot to me guys honestly like i appreciate what you guys are saying the fact that you watch and you decided to come on the show the trust you guys have entrusted uh you know the show to want to be on it Uh, as much as you have entrusted me to take part uh of uh, of the festival in in about two or three weeks time um i look forward to it thank you we look forward
1: to honestly to have you on stage and to be part of the design storytelling narrative
0: this is another
1: chapter of your life. Totally. I want to
0: gain as much as I can from understanding the industry, how it works. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the luckiest people are those who are given the opportunity to learn about something they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. That's when you're like learning curves just through the roof. So I come from a world of, I love cars. (laughs) getting into podcasting now so so this um i love interior design i like my little art pieces here and there i designed the studio um so I think I will come with it with an intrigued eye. Yeah. And um, I probably will end up staying more than three days. So It's
1: amazing. I'm sure. And then you'll have your own office there. And then you'll move the family. Oh, my God. You guys have planned <laughs> it all for me. <laughs> We're getting more friends <laughs> yes, to join us growing. in the world. <laughs> it's growing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Basma. Thank you so much.
0: All the best. Thank you. I'll see you on the 12th, inshallah. inshallah. Thank we'll you, you so there. much.
1: Thank you so much.